Welcome to Hop To It. Hey, Trey. Hi, Nay. Are you ready? Ready for what? To pack our house, take our dog, and hop in the car. We got a car. Don't worry about it. It's time to go. Let's go explore and find a new city to call home. Because we are Nay and Trey. The alchemist and the shaman. And it's time for us to hop hop to to it. Last episode, we shared all of the fun things about landing in a new city. But today we're going to share a little bit more about our daily grind. That's right. This is not vacation. Like, I have a normal work week on top of all the exploration we do. And to make the day-to-day even more challenging, we decided to learn how to podcast so we could share this story with you. I don't know if that was a smart idea. Well, (laughs) this is the life we chose, but you know, no idea how to manage all this work. We just decided to do it. (laughs) We did choose this life and I'm actually having fun. Uh, Editing and marketing this podcast is becoming a part-time job for me. Plus, I've been able to work on my novel. I don't have a job right now, but I am really busy. Yeah, I like to say, you don't get a paycheck right now. You have that fun type of job where you're kind of your own boss. Ugh, my boss is so mean. (laughs) (laughs) But on the... On the plus side, I have a lot of flexible time, which I use during the day, um, taking a lot of walking adventures with Oscar while you are at work. And on top of the podcast and exploration of new cities, we have to plan where we're going to be every month. And we spend a lot of time on vacation rental sites, researching different cities, like getting rejected by hosts because of Oscar or AKA cleaning problems. Yeah. I don't think those Arizona hosts want us very much. (laughs) I don't think so either. Those cleaning uh, reschedulings were pretty convenient. Yeah. Sorry. We can't book you. We need to clean the apartment. It's like, I need to wash my hair. Yeah. Yeah. And take a lot of days to do it. That was wild. Plus I've been so tempted to go to Mexico and I've been finding some really great Uh, Airbnb deals right across the border. They're about, I don't know, a third to half of the cost of the vacation rentals we're finding in California. And I'm ready to go. (laughs) Yeah, Mexico isn't on the list. (laughs) Why not? (laughs) Yeah, we have a project here trying to get to Colorado. So you're saying Mexico is not on the way to Colorado? Not by our route. (laughs) Well, podcasting about where we've been and planning where we'll go and exploring where we are now all makes it super hard to live in the moment. Yeah, I feel like Doctor Who, we're living in the past, the present, the future, all at once. Where's our time machine? Is it called the TARDIS? Yep, that's it. Good job. (laughs) Where's the TARDIS? We need a TARDIS. (laughs) Hey, you guys don't even know, and gals don't even know how awesome that was (laughs) because it could have been the enterprise (laughs) she might have just guessed (laughs) i conjured up the tardis just in time this is great ah nerd badge i have to say this is kind of a nice contrast to the height of pandemic life where every day was the exact same so i guess there's some silver linings to living in a multi-dimensional 
universe. Quarantine life was bland. I mean, it was like every day was the same as every other day as the same as the next day was going to be. But now I think we're slowing time down by doing a lot more actions in the same amount of time or same amount of space. Yeah, that reminds me. We have to get our booster shots. Oh, no. Booster blues when you get sick the day after. Eh, it's worth it. (laughs) I mean, did we ever expect this reality? Like, no. What did we think it would be like? Well, I, for one, thought it would be more like vacation. Yeah, we thought housing would be cheaper once we left Berkeley and the Bay. Yeah, the Bay is so expensive. How could things not be cheaper outside of the Bay? Turns out, short-term vacation rentals are across the board going to be more expensive than we originally budgeted for. All right, this makes no sense. An 80,000 population city is the same cost as a 5,000 population city. I mean, it feels a bit like collusion. Like, for example, Taos, New Mexico, 6,000 folks roughly, we're rounding up, costs the same as a Sedona at 10,000, or San Diego at 1.4 million. Hmm. I don't think there's local jobs that support that kind of rate. It's pretty suspicious. I mean, let's also add, if you were to rent a normal rental in one of these cities, it would be much less expensive with the lower population. We've looked at it. Um, I know for sure that Santa Fe, New Mexico has lower rents, lower housing prices, but somehow the vacation properties are the same. You get the same bang for your buck. And it's actually really hard to find a place for under $4,000, which excludes probably two thirds of the inventory from us because we can't afford the $4,000 per month. That's just way over budget. On the plus side... Our monthly rent does cover all the stuff we used to pay for individually. Mm. Internet, house cleaner, we never had one of those before. Utilities, and in some places, even amenities. Yeah, we do get more sometimes than we had. But even less space. It's also the little expectations that aren't lining up with reality. For example... Mm -hmm. When I realized we were going to be staying at this beautiful Airbnb right on the beach, I imagined that I would transform my morning meditation, which includes a cold shower and then a 20-minute meditation. I would transform that to jumping into the ocean first thing in the morning, a cold ocean bath, and then sit on the sand and meditate in the sun. Well, uh, that's not happening. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, I was with you on that thought. I was kind of like, oh, yeah, cold ocean. That totally works as a substitute. I actually brought my nunchucks. And uh, so I was so excited because I've had these nunchucks for like a couple decades. Right. And (laughs) I know nunchucks, but I'm not like a Bruce Lee. Well, I'm sitting there practicing my nunchucks. And then one day, I don't know how it came up, but I found out, oh, yeah, I was watching YouTube. That's what happened. YouTube scholar right here. So (laughs) I'm watching YouTube and it flashes really quick. Nunchucks are some type of very illegal weapon in three states. (laughs) Which states? Which states? (laughs) Yeah. I don't know all the states, but the main one is California. Uh The one we're in. (laughs) Yeah. 
So I've had these nunchucks for a long time. Now, if you can imagine a black man out in public should not be wielding a class whatever weapon. (laughs) You think? (laughs) Yeah. Like in California, they're legit for Kung Fu studios and all that stuff. So just assume I'm a black belt Kung Fu person. Okay. Um, But nobody would know that. Like the police who could be called by a very curious neighbor. So I had to turn my nunchucks into just sticks. Cut yeah. The but it was quite funny. So yeah, expectations and realities were not aligned on that one. But I can't wait till we leave California so <laughs> I can put those nunchucks back together. Put it back together. I have to say, we had a little bit of a disagreement about whether those nunchucks should even come with us on this trip. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, we did have a disagreement about that. It was more that you were shocked that I even owned nunchucks and I wanted to bring them. <laughs> So the whole point is, we actually talked about nunchucks. Yeah. They we had a up. disagreement about whether they should come in the car with us. Well, it was a little bit of a disagreement, but that's when we quartered the <laughs> yeah, supplies. We did quarter the car. <laughs> My quarter, your quarter, Oscar's quarter, and our quarter. Yes, yes. That's exactly how it went. Yeah. So nunchucks fit in my quarter of the supplies. <laughs> <laughs> so they came. And they're wonderful. It was a great exercise. That was the hope. And it worked out. It was a really good exercise. But My only concern was you weren't going to use them. So when I saw you using them, I was like, oh, I'm so proud. You're using your nunchucks. And then you're like, I shouldn't use my nunchucks. Not in public. (laughs) It's illegal. In the house. Yeah. (laughs) Oh, well, you know, I will say I also brought some things that I'm not using. My art supplies. I had this vision of myself setting up doing paintings of every single place we visited. This place is amazing with ocean, but I haven't broken out my watercolors, not even once. And I also forgot my pencils, which kind of inhibits me getting started because I usually do a pencil sketch right before I do any other thing on top of the pencil sketch. So I don't know. I don't know if I should buy pencils or call that a lost cause. I thought I would be journaling my experiences more. But now I'm just dragging around some notebooks. Same. I also brought an astrology ephemeris that ends in December 2021. And I don't know what I'm going to do because we have several months of traveling after December. And I don't want to throw away the ephemeris. But I don't know if I should keep it. Yeah. So an ephemeris is a way that astrologers track the celestial bodies. Um, Usually, nowadays, an ephemeris is calculated on your computer. But if you're a true amateur astrologer, (laughs) you can actually calculate it yourself with some complicated formulas I never learned. I just go buy a book. So an ephemeris also, you don't want it printed for the entire eternity right so people buy them like you did for a year or a mm-hmm. couple years or a lifetime like getting one for about 50 years is pretty good yeah mine was a pocketbook so it was one year ephemeris uh also another thing that's not quite meeting my expectations is all of this rain i did not expect really any rain in southern california i mean great grateful for the water california's in drought we need it but it's definitely changing the scene that I was expecting when we arrived and the early sunsets and cold wet weather make it not very exciting to go out and explore especially after work when you're finally free yeah I mean I knew winter days were short I'm kind of used to being at work and watching the sunset in December while I'm still at my desk working the computer 
But here it's a bummer because it's like since the days are so short, I'm off work after dark. And then it's like can't really go out in the dark and explore to see things. And then I'm up shortly after sunrise. So it's kind of tough. Yeah. I guess on the plus side, the holidays are here. And I'm really excited that we're here in Imperial Beach, closer to my brother's family, our brand new nephew, who's only a couple months old, and our two nieces, who are, what, three and five. And being close to them for the holidays feels like a really special opportunity. But the other day, I was out walking Oscar to Mexico, and I get a phone call from my brother, he says, hey, Nay, can you come over this afternoon to babysit your nephew? And you cannot imagine how excited I was. So <laughs> that yeah. kid is cute. And I'm like, yes, I live in the area. So I said, of course, yeah, I'll, I'll come. I'll come right on over right after I get back from my walk. I rushed home, got in the car, drove. There was an hour plus drive to get there. The traffic especially up in North County was really dense and I was sitting like 10 minutes away from the house, but it took 20 minutes and then hung out with my cute nephew. Totally worth it. Maybe got a little too much spit up on my shirt, but it was (laughs) worth it. (laughs) You can't hold this little guy without being drenched in some kind of (laughs) fluid. I mean, you know, babies do what babies going to do, right? Amen. And drenched is a bit of an exaggeration, but yeah. It depends. (laughs) (laughs) Depends on what's coming out. Yeah. And then uh, I think I babysat for maybe two or three hours and I had to come back. And also uh, we had to get, I had to get back in time for our booster shots. So, you know, clock was ticking. Six o'clock CVS appointment is coming up soon. Get in the car and holy smokes that traffic on the way back from North County down to Imperial Beach was no joke. The Google Maps was trying to send me on all sorts of detours. It's like, here, go through the airport parking lot (laughs) and then jump over the Coronado Bridge. I mean, it was doing all sorts of gyrations. It was dark. It was a little rainy. I'm trying to get to the shot and uh, the shot appointment. And I was like, I don't know. I don't know if this is worth it. I thought we, you know, living one hour away would feel so much better than living you know, eight hours away from them, but this drive. Yeah. I would definitely adjust it as like, you're on North County or South County. Right. So yeah, it gets adjusted by traffic without traffic. It's like one amount of time. And then with traffic, it's more. Oh yeah. I mean the drive without traffic is just under an hour, but this, this journey home took two hours. And I was like, you know what? Mm, I don't know if this is worth it. It was, but it wasn't. Like, I'm probably not going to do another afternoon babysit while we're in Imperial Beach, unfortunately. Also, it turns out driving is really necessary here. I'm really glad we bought Luna the Fev. Plug-in hybrid electric vehicle. Yep. <laughs> yeah. I mean, that was a goal, right? Like, it's eco-friendly for short drives. Yeah. I'm glad we didn't get a full EV though. We used, we have to use gas to drive here, which is easier because there's gas stations all up and down the highway. But the main 
reason we don't have an EV is we have no at home charging available to us because we don't even have a home <laughs> to charge <laughs> yeah. like a permanent place that we know for a fact is going to have a plug and a plug within 20 feet of the car. <laughs> yeah. Um, and here we definitely don't have that. So we'll see if future vacation rentals will allow us to charge at home. But so far, first stop, no go. So true. You know, like I thought it would be hard to charge like it was in Berkeley. Now that was something that got flipped on its head because it's actually not harder to charge here in IB. Like charging a car is not so bad. Uh, the charger I think is like 20 minutes from the house. So it's a great location. There's like a park, a little baseball diamond, a skate park. So beautiful near the estuary trail. Like mm -hmm. we can walk Oscar to and from the car, depending on whether we're picking it up or dropping it off. So much easier. Yeah. And we don't have to pay for parking, which makes it so much cheaper in Berkeley. We were paying both the charging fee and the parking fee. So charging the car was ridiculously expensive. Well, it was about on par with gas. I think it was more expensive than gas, to be honest. Uh, it depends on what city. Yeah. Well, in Berkeley, it was more expensive. In IB, it seems to be on par because we only pay for the charging station. So that's nice. And you're right. That's such a great walk. But... Unfortunately, we need to drive pretty far to get to any off-leash dog areas because the Imperial Beach leash laws are legit. Um, did I tell you how I got bullhorned on the beach by the lifeguards? Oh, yeah. That was a good one. <laughs> so, you know, I've walked all the way to the Mexican border, which I talked about last episode. But if you walk north, there's a pretty big stretch of beach. Actually, it, it's endless, but it turns out I can only walk Oscar to Palm Avenue. As soon as you cross Palm Avenue going north on that beach, you walk past the lifeguard station and they bullhorned me. <laughs> they said, ma'am, ma'am with the dog on the beach, <laughs> no dogs allowed north of Palm Avenue. I didn't know that. So they were really polite, but it was really funny to have this bullhorn from the sky <laughs> chastising me for walking my dog on a beach uh where we shouldn't have been yeah so it's kind of funny i'm almost thinking of like lifeguards as ninjas dressed in red because <laughs> i only like not living on a beach in california where people recreate like they do here i just know lifeguards from the commercials of baywatch and such right oh, yeah <laughs> so yeah oh somebody's drowning lifeguard goes out does what a lifeguard does or does what a lifeguard is supposed to do but here it's kind of wild they're really like ninjas very quiet you don't see them watching you until you mess up <laughs> so it was like i'm sitting there walking on the beach enjoying some time with naomi and oscar and sometimes, because it's a beach, I just walk with my eyes closed. Because yeah. I'll notice if I start walking in the water. <laughs> what are you going to trip on out there? <laughs> exactly. And it's just really refreshing to just be in the moment of walking. Mm -hmm. eh, you could call it walking meditation. But this day, we're walking with Oscar. Naomi likes to flout the rules, we'll say. <laughs> I don't like stupid rules. <laughs> <laughs> hey, she said it. I didn't. I'm a rule follower. And so it was really funny. I'm sitting there facing toward like towards where the lifeguard's coming up and he was she was actually yeah. within five feet of me when I opened my eyes and noticed this big 
Ford truck. <laughs> you couldn't hear it coming. Could not. They hear must it be coming. electric. Those cars, because they are quiet. I would think so. Yeah. So it was really hilarious that they are just so sneaky, like ninjas. So watch out if you're on the beach. But I mentioned this story to my uncle Rusty, who has dogs, and he was like. You know, what I recommend is you get a retractable leash <laughs> and he goes over the top. He actually gets a retractable leash and he added like an 80, 80 foot, feet. <laughs> yeah, he added like an 80 foot extension to it. It was crazy. I don't so know. We didn't go feet. that far. <laughs> if you have 80 foot extension, it's almost like you don't even own the dog anymore. It's like <laughs> but it's technically a leash. It's in the next neighborhood. But no, that was a great piece of advice. I didn't get an 80 foot extension, but I did go to the IB pet store shortly after that lifeguard tried to ticket me. She didn't ticket me because I got to plead ignorance one time only. The second time she'll definitely know it's me again with that dog, the redhead with the mm. red haired dog together. We are unmistakable. So since this was the first encounter, didn't get the ticket pled ignorance but i went and bought myself a 15 foot retractable leash so now oscar has some some uh, space to run on the beach yeah it's definite improvement but walking in ib i noticed that i have to drop my city defenses like being in a city compared to being in a smaller place that isn't as rugged there's a defense that goes up and so I was noticing people are saying hi, and <laughs> I'm not smiling or engaging nor staring them in the eye because all this is very antagonistic in a city, in a bigger city. It could get you in trouble. So, yeah, had to change a little bit. Yeah, the folks here are aggressively friendly. The other morning we were walking and a neighbor is yelling, hello from across the street and I'm looking around like is she talking to me is she talking to me and you're right it's like shrugging off that protection it's taking a little bit more yeah they're friendly like if somebody yelled at you across the street from Berkeley they're probably going to cross the street and tell you about what you just messed up on yeah or something yeah we're here the person just they're just saying it to say hi because it's another human yeah and it's a beautiful morning and even with these nice folks everywhere saying hi from across the street, I have been starting to feel a little lonely, which is something I didn't expect. Um, you know, I was hoping I would keep in better touch with people back in Berkeley, but there's a drift happening, which is pretty inevitable when you put space and distance between you and other people. And I also had this big expectations that we would be meeting up with some long lost friends who live in San Diego, haven't seen in years, but freaking omicron is really messing with the plans on that so if we have so many issues how are we going to rate imperial beach and other places like how to meet new people in a new place now i've lived in a bunch of places we counted it last episode i think 11 11 states <laughs> so i've learned a few tricks and one of them is it's best to just jump in even if you feel out of place like most people reward you for being the first mover. Yeah. I tried to jump into a meetup the first weekend we were here. I looked on that meetup.com and found a group that was about hiking. And I was like, oh, we could go hiking with some people. That could be a fun way to meet people. Yeah. Well, I loved it because it was healthy, right? Like, yeah, yeah you could go to a bar and meet people, but that's not really the type 
of crowd we want to meet all the time. So I thought hiking was beautiful. Yeah, I will say the name of the meetup. I'm not going to say it exactly, but it was something like 45 plus singles and couples. I found it a little bit suspicious. I think they're just a hiking club. but <laughs> <laughs> You don't know until you attend. But so far, I haven't gotten to any of their events. The thing I've noticed is that most of their events are actually in San Diego, not in Imperial Beach. And there's been a, at least a 30 minute drive to all of their their hikes. So, so far, that hasn't been a big hit. Yeah, we know how exciting driving in from South San Diego to San Diego is. And it's not even South San Diego. It's south of San Diego. <laughs> so, yeah, yeah, that got cut. Yeah. But also, like, talking to people is a great opportunity to meet and make new friends, right? So we jump in, we talk to people, but then also start off with a compliment, mm -hmm. right? And then I like to let that start uh, people talking about themselves because – Everyone loves to talk about themselves. So if like I start with a compliment, kind of leave a little silence yeah. or not jump in with what my thoughts are, then I can usually get a person to just keep talking. And yeah. yeah, you did a good job with that with the checker at the grocery store the other day. She was wearing that labyrinth mask with David Bowie on it. Yep. And he complimented her mask and that brightened her right up. That is a dope movie. <laughs> labyrinth. Everybody's got to watch it. David Bowie, all praise the Bowie, one of his, uh, not first acting, but his yeah. best acting. And then Jim Henson with the puppets, hidden actor. Oh my gosh. So yeah, Labyrinth <laughs> is one of the best. An oldie but goodie. I'm not trying to date myself. Who calls Labyrinth old? It's old. <laughs> I do. <laughs> we'll say it's middle-aged. But once you have that... <laughs> Uh, it's middle age <laughs> from the middle ages yeah <laughs> like nice. i said old uh, um so i think when you complimented her mask though she brightened right up and then i was like oh i'll take this opportunity so i said hey what's what's good to do in the area what do you recommend we're just visiting and i could tell she like shut right back down she felt like taken off guard like oh now it's like a pop quiz what am i gonna say there's no wrong answer <laughs> <laughs> but I rephrased it and I thought, I don't know, I'm not as good at talking to people as you are, Trey. So I was pretty proud of myself. I changed the question to, if you, if your good friend was visiting, what would you suggest they do? And I think that helped kind of narrow the scope a little bit. Like, how is she going to suggest what a couple of strangers are going to do? You know, but if she thinks about it from her friend's perspective, maybe she'd come up with something. So she told us to go to the Coronado Bridge. Luckily, I've been to the Coronado Bridge thanks to Google Maps uh, taking me off course during the traffic jam. But, you know, it was really neat. Well, it was a great pivot. Like, yeah, I didn't notice that. And to watch how it worked was awesome. Talking about meeting people and trying to make friends has me a little anxious, especially because community is such an important part of our city rating system. Gathering the data to rate each of these cities requires a lot more effort than we expected when we set up the spreadsheet last month. So it's kind of made me reevaluate the spreadsheet as more of categories that are reminders that we want to explore for each city. Mm -hmm. Yeah, there's 16 different categories and we know during the month we need to expose ourselves to all 16 of these things. One way or another, we'll figure out a way through. But I feel like Still, even with that, when we first arrive in the city, we have this big blank slate problem. 
it's like the same as the problem authors have when starting a new book or if you've ever tried to you know write a poem and you're looking at a blank page it's like where to start what to do there's so much to try to explore in such a short amount of time it feels like a lot of pressure especially because some of those categories are difficult to tap into like we have a category called diversity I don't get outside much like how am I going to rate diversity yeah I mean that is a tough one and how are you going to rate anything if you don't get outside much right that's Mm. the other big reality check the one thing I have noticed on the diversity category is there is some economic diversity apparent here with the spectrum of folks there's people outside on seacoast drive living in their vans and in their cars and i noticed some lower cost of lower cost apartments are available and then you also have these really nice beach houses with hot tubs on the roof so i'm noticing some economic diversity here which is interesting i don't think it's as diverse as berkeley which was really a rags to riches kind of city but um there's something When I look at some of the diversity in the people, I'll look at who seems to be a local and who seems to be a tourist. That's a good one. Yeah. It's like, it feels like tourists are usually less invested in the health, prosperity, and history of an area where the locals might be more invested, right? There's family history there, all that kind of stuff. And so I like to take note of that because I feel like the locals will take care of their city environment a little bit more yeah definitely and it seems to me at first blush that imperial beach on its face seems like a tourist place uh considering how quiet it is right now and maybe that's just because we're here on the western side by the by the water but and in the off-peak season because it's super cold yeah (laughs) so who wants to be in the water only the hardcore surfers or the locals (laughs) (laughs) um while we're talking about categories that are challenging to assess, political climate is another one. Um, you really have to start digging into a place to f- understand the political quality of that place. And the only thing that I've noticed here are the, is a different approach to wearing masks and the COVID-19 protocols. Um, it's clear that we're not in Berkeley anymore. Berkeley bubble and San Francisco you know, everybody wore masks everywhere, even outside. It was just the way it was for us for, you know, almost two years mm-hmm. here. You know, there's some people who wear their masks, some people who don't, even after the mandate went back into effect at the grocery store, I'm still seeing people without their masks and it's a little jarring. Um, I personally don't think that mask wearing should be a political statement, but it's my understanding that it is. So that's one clue about the difference in political climate here. Yeah. But honestly, until we start talking to people and really getting to know people and learning about what's happening in an area, it's going to be tough to assess political climate. I totally agree. Like getting into politics is easier when we pass someone like the lady sitting at the grocery store for like multiple trips, getting signatures (laughs) for a petition. It's like, I think we walked by her twice. And I could have stopped. We could have stopped and talked, but we didn't because it's like we have so many things to do in a day. It just grind, grind, grind. Right. Yeah. I remember we saw her. She was I think she was petitioning about some tax hikes 
So it's hard to tell what the, the issue was. And I remember the second time or third time we passed her, I'm like, why didn't we talk to her? If we're trying to understand the political climate, we really should stop and talk. So yeah, I get it that we were probably rushing groceries after work, trying to get home to make dinner, record our podcast, who knows what else. So grind, grind, like you said. But you had a real good moment of insight when you said we should have just slowed down. Yeah, so I think that's something we should try to do in the future if we have another opportunity like that. Mm-hmm, totally agree. So on the other hand, there are some categories that are coming up naturally for us, which is great. Um, for example, whether a place is dog-friendly or not, because Oscar has to get out, and it's easy to assess groceries and restaurants because we have to eat. Coffees and cafes are serious gotta have coffee in each place yes we do uh the only downside is because we're sticking to a budget we can't eat out all the time to get quick answers to these types of categories so we do more grocery shopping than restauranting and cafeing but <laughs> yeah we should avoid ordering doordash too much that's true doordash won't give us any insight into the restaurant scene in a city so Oh, you know what else? Weather. That's an easy one, at least for the season we're in. Yeah, and weather finds us. We don't have to find it. So we're getting there. One category at a time, one day at a time. Grind, grind, grind. We only have one week left in Imperial Beach already. There are so many things I'm going to miss. And there are so many things I'm not going to miss. Oh yeah? Name one. Well, for one, stay tuned. That's next time. If you like us and want to hear more, please rate and follow wherever you listen to podcasts. Bonus points if you tell two friends. You know how these things start. One friend tells another friend about us. And, and they, they tell, tell two, two friends, friends. And they, they tell their friends. And so on and so on. Uncle Chan on Chinago danced to ballet, hop to it. And now for a campfire story. I want to talk about solstices. What a cool word that is. Solstice. Solstice is scientifically when the sun is at its maximum or minimum declination. When the longest day of the year or the shortest day of the year happens. But also, this is tied to the longest night and the shortest night. Can't have one without the other. But I really want to start the story back in college. If you know me well, you know I have a Taijitu symbol tattooed on my right arm. That's a yin-yang symbol. I got it many, many years ago, a couple decades, and my family said, don't get a tattoo. That's the worst thing you can do. You'll never find a job all marked up. Oh, how these things have changed. I've always felt a little bit ahead of my time. But in this story, the yin-yang is really the star. Because when I was going through my Reiki attunements, Bronwyn, 
my Reiki master, had mentioned how the yin and yang periods are very important times of the year. And it took a while for that to really sink in. When we pass important knowledge between a teacher and a student, it's almost like passing water in the cup of a hand from one person to another. You might spill a little bit, but if you can at least get some of that in there, they can fill up their hand again and pass it to somebody else. So for me, she had passed the idea of respecting the yang time of the year and respecting the yin time of the year. Well, what is that? Yin is when the energy of the year declines. And we see that in the days getting shorter, all the way until the solstice, which happens at Yule. But then it picks up again in the yang time of the year, where we're building energy. And I also like to think of the opposite that happens. While energy is building, we're also reducing our relaxation. Just keep that in mind. But the yang part of the year is for hard work. It starts right after Yule, and the days start getting longer. I discovered this when I started my daily Reiki meditation on YouTube. Waking up early is really easy for me when the days are longer and the sun lights up the room and just kind of wakes me up naturally. It's a real time of expansion, where the yin time of the year is more for reflection. And I learned that too while doing my Reiki meditations. I didn't have a plan. I just started recording what I needed to do every day for Reiki anyway. And I felt if I made myself accountable by doing it on YouTube, I would do it forever. It was becoming easy until after the summer solstice. The days started getting shorter. The sun wasn't lighting up the room as much, but I was still trying to get up a couple hours before work to do a half hour meditation to record it, which means it's really one hour. It's a lot of work. And I ended up stopping November 2019. But what I learned is that it's okay to slow down, to stop. That's what the yin time of year is for. Just think of the fields. Think of how growing stops, how trees kind of slow down. That's all in the yin time of the year. So I am really a pagan, and I'm trying to reconstruct pagan practices. And I stumbled across this group called Atheopagans. And they best describe the approach that I use. They even have a podcast called The Wander, a science-based paganism, and a book to go with it. So great. Definitely check it out. So I actually try to recreate that. So in the yin season that ends with Yule, which is around Christmas time in December, I really work on for that six months just trying to slow things down, write some journals, enjoy the cool and cold of the year where when the yang season starts, I really burst into action. A lot of us do. We make New Year's resolutions. But yang ends with litha, which is a pagan sabbath that happens at summer solstice. So during these periods, I really pay attention. But I also give them a little bit of color, too, so it's like more fun, right? So while I'm in the yin type of time of the year, I'm looking at colors that more coincide with that fall color, maybe some red, green, or white coming from the environment around you. And then in the yang time of year, I'm trying to add more of the sun colors and the orange, much like 
in my Broken Path Shaman logo. But I, I just want to really kind of take a moment to say that to grow, we must really first prepare, do some stretching. Then we got to work hard, right? Really expand our world, expand our goals. But then we also need to rest. And that rest, when we've worked hard, burnt out those muscles, is a time to rebuild from within. So this past year, I love because I was actually able to observe this entire process for the first time. So starting with Yule of 2020, all the way to Yule of 2021, that just ended not too long ago for me, was my first observance of this full pattern. And by observing this pattern, I can become more intentional about adding it to my life. So if you take anything from this, just slow down and listen to the things that don't speak.